This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and law. Welcome in. It is another edition of Curd and Long. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with our guy Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight, weeknights, along with Trista Crick. Uh, always want to check those guys out. And. Uh, Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. But before we get to the Packers, we have Halloween coming up uh, yeah. this weekend. And I, I was listening to the DA show on CBS Sports Radio on the fan uh, when I was driving in here on Friday morning. Uh, and one of their producers or whatever was talking about how they have a, 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 a trunk or treat thing that they're doing. Uh, then they have uh, like a business type trick or treat thing that they're doing in their city. And then they're doing the actual trick or treat in their neighborhood. So that's over the course of like three days, right? So Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Okay. And DA was kind of getting on. I'm like, dude, what are, you got to put your foot down. You don't need to be having three of those things. So for you, Ryan Horvath, how yeah. was it when you were a kid for trick or treat? And how is it for your son now for trick or treat? Yeah, great question. For me, it was only Halloween. I want to say the trick or treat hours. It was usually you were getting home from school and you would see the early trick or treaters, the younger kids around probably like 315, 330. Sure. Now, I live with my dad. You know, my parents were divorced. So I, I live with my dad. So, funny story what he would do because he was lazy and he ran a video store. So, we work Monday through Monday, uh-huh. you know. He would do the, oh, no, I forgot. And I'd be like, how do you forget? We literally just ran out to buy a costume for me. And he would shut the lights off and pretend that we wouldn't be home because we would never have candy to hand out to the kids. Oh, man. But we would go, you know, we would go with my cousins. We would go over to my aunts. We'd probably trick or treat from about 5 p.m. to about 8, 8.30 p.m., hang out for a little bit, probably get home around 9.30, be in bed around 10 on Halloween. For my son, everything's changed, man, because – you know, we've moved so many times, it's different everywhere. Because here, now you're in D.C. Yeah, here, Trick or Treat is on Halloween. But there's like these random little, like this weekend, I want to say there's Trick or Treating uh, in one of the suburbs in Maryland from maybe like 4 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. There's parties at my son's school. We live in an oh. apartment complex so there was something downstairs yesterday nice. that I took my son to so it's it's like a it's like a whole week it's like it's become an entire week of halloween so i agree with da man three that's that's a lot i'm not yeah, the but, biggest halloween guy either but they were i mean they're truck or treat a trunk or treat or whatever that's called and then so it's not like three neighborhood trick-or-treats but now i feel guilty because we literally do three neighborhood trick-or-treats every year if it works out so like Saturday night, we go. I'm not going to tell y'all where it is because I don't want the I don't want yeah. Wisconsin showing up. But a neighborhood where uh, Kay's parents used to live, 
um, we go there. They block off the streets. These houses go bonkers crazy with decorations. Like last year, there was dudes like laying in leaves popping up on the sidewalk, scaring kids as they were walking by and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. So we do that one. And there's thousands of people that show up at this thing. So we do that one on Saturday night. Then on Sunday is ours in Oak Creek. So we do that one Sunday. And then Monday, there's one in Elkhorn where my brother and, you know, my six-year-old Jackson's cousins live. And that's his favorite one because he gets to go with his cousins around Elkhorn. Yeah. Um, so they will they'll get off school. I'll leave work a little bit early, go home, get him, and then we'll go out to Elkhorn. So he'll do three trick or treats, and that candy that he gets will still be here by next Halloween. It'll still oh, be yeah. sitting up on top of the refrigerator or whatever. Nobody's going to eat all that candy. We'll have pieces here or there, but there's no way it'll get eight. But it's just all about the experience and seeing everybody else in their costumes and going door to door and running around and. Yeah, it is what it is. My thing with Halloween, so I've always liked scary movies, horror movies, but I've never been a big fan of Halloween because of what you said a couple minutes ago where you'd have people, like, popping out. Like, I didn't like haunted houses. I don't like oh. things out of me, man. No, no, no. I have enough anxiety in my life. Really? This, this started when I was, like, six years old. Yeah, I'm not a haunted – I don't do haunted houses. <laughs> I don't do roller coasters. I root – look at the team I root for. That's a roller coaster every Sunday, man. I don't yeah. I don't need any more adventure in my life. You don't do roller coasters? No, I'm afraid of heights, and I don't like things that are fast. You know, my wife gives me crap all the time because when she drives – like, you know, we went to the commander's game and she merges on the highway and we're going like 120, I feel. I'm like, I'm like right side of the road, grandpa. I'm listening to my I'm listening, you know, to my Colin Cowherd and my sports podcast. Right. Just a good old time. Yeah, man. I uh I'm I'm not into things that are fast. I hate oh. and I don't like haunted houses. I'm no fun. I, I literally no. sit on the couch, I have four TV screens and watch sports all well, I don't I know hope- why. I hope your wife lets your son experience life because you're clearly not going to let your son experience life if he goes by what you don't do. Well, he's already been on more roller coasters. Like, he does everything. When we go to Disney, he does every single ride. There's not anything. And, th- and that's a good thing because my wife does roller coasters. Like, she'll do, what is it, Space Mountain? Yeah. The new one now is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where you literally start in – it's at Epcot. You yeah. start in one building. And yeah. it shoots you in a whole nother building. And that's where the ride goes. And apparently people are like getting bad motion sickness and are puking yeah. and stuff. Like it's pretty intense, I guess. Haven't been there yet. Haven't been there. Since probably, see some things I will check out though. Like something like that. I probably will. We're going in June. So I might have to do that. Nice. That'll be fun. And super hot. Last time I was there in June, it was a real feel of 125 every day I was there. So good yeah, luck. To I you. went in July. It was terrible. All right. So we'll do some Packer talk now that we've moved on from Halloween. All right. Alan Lazard not playing. Uh, he, shoulder apparently hurt something. Snap, crackle, pop, I guess, uh, according to what he talked to the media. Rob Demosky, whoever it was that reported that. So with Alan Lazard expected to miss this Sunday's game, which wide receiver? will step up for the Green Bay Packers. My answer is there ain't going to be one. There, there ain't going to be there ain't going to be one. I don't think Watson's going to play, right? Uh Lazard, uh, he's out. Cobb, he's out. So we're back to the normal cast of characters again of Romeo Dobbs hasn't been seen or heard from in quite some time other than dropping the football. So I'm not sold that he's necessarily going to be the guy at this point. Sammy Watkins, mm, does he make it four quarters through another game back-to-back weeks? Probably won't happen. The hamstring will probably act up, so he probably won't get through four quarters. So 
uh, Toure from Nebraska. You know, I know Rodgers likes him, right? I mean, maybe yeah. he ends up being that guy. Uh, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? You got Amari Rodgers you forgot about. No, no, I, I'm not talking about him. No, no, no. Who's the guy that I like? 80- you got Lazard Watson. You got Cobb. You got Torre, who I do think is going to be the pick to click. You got Romeo Dobbs, Watkins, Amari Rodgers. You have the tight end room, Tunyon. No, no, no. You missed a wide receiver. No, 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 no. You missed a wide receiver. No, 88, man. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Don't do this to me. Good um, God almighty. We're doing a podcast. I can't think of the, the dude's name. And I love the dude, and he never plays. And I think Rodgers likes him, too. And I think the, that whole mental lapse thing and mental mistakes and all that nonsense, Juwan Winfrey. Juwan Winfrey. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. it before you got it, I think. But, but that, that, I think, is who Rodgers wants out there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not about Juwan Winfrey, but I think it might be. I think Juwan Winfrey, of that cast of characters, if they activate him on game day, which I, I'm assuming they will, if they activate him on game day and give him a chance, I'll pick Jawan Winfrey to be that guy. Even though I have no faith anybody steps up, but if I'm going to have to pick one, I'll say Jawan Winfrey is that guy. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's tough because it's probably I'd have to go with, obviously, Winfrey or Torre, who it does look like Rodgers likes quite a bit. It's just it's tough, man, because Sammy Watkins, you can't trust him to stay healthy for four quarters. Guy hasn't played a full season since his rookie year. There's no Cobb. I think what it's going to be is a lot of Aaron Jones. And if you look back in the box score against the commanders, Aaron Jones had nine receptions for only 53 yards. A lot of checkdowns. If you go back to that Thursday night game last season against Arizona, where the Packers were big underdogs, because this this is the biggest spread against them since that game. And then you got to remember in that game, there was no Devontae Adams. There was no MVS. And it was the Aaron Jones show. He had seven receptions in that game and had a huge game. So I do think he's going to have to take on a bigger role. But, yeah, I'd agree. It's probably going to be Winfrey, Torre. I don't know. Amari Rogers made some grabs at the, at the end of the game. I don't want to see him no, returning to the punts, although they've already said that he's going to be back there. So I think it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, and I think the tight end room is going to have to step up a little bit. You know, I think it's going to be a big week for Robert Tunyon. I was on Instagram early, earlier today, and I saw Aaron Rodgers tweet a, uh, post a picture of Robert Tunyon. So I think he's going to get in the end zone. Maybe we'll see some Tyler Davis, but a uh, big week for Aaron Jones. Yeah, you, you're not going to win crap if your best running back is your best wide receiver. I'm here to tell you, you're just you're not. I mean, you're you're not going to win a Super Bowl if your best receiver is also your best running back. That, that it's just not going to happen. All right, uh, let's move on. Topic number two: How do the Packers keep this game close and give themselves a chance to beat the Bills? You know, I do these interviews for our 55 breaks. I play a couple minutes of the interviews on the 55 breaks, and then the whole interview, 10, 12, 15 minutes long, is up at 12:50 a.m. thefan.com or on your odyssey app so i usually do one or two a day and on fridays we do three for football friday so every week i i've been having on dusty evely for the last couple of weeks and he's a film analyst uh, with cheesehead tv packer report pack a day podcast with andy herman great great podcast at the end of the, the this week's interview i said all right dusty what do you got for a prediction ryan horvath i've done this a long time a long time. I've done Packer predictions for games with Gary and Leroy for a hundred years. I've heard all kinds of predictions. This dude, and again, he's a Packer fan. This dude said 55 to 10 Buffalo. And I went, holy crap. And I just started laughing. I'm like, I've never in my life ever heard anybody ever predict that big of a blowout before. 
and he did. Then Zach Gelb uh, from CBS Sports Radio had me on the other night on his show, and he asked me how much they were going to lose by, not win by, lose by, uh, and I said 20. Uh, and yes. so that's where I was there. Now, having said all of that, how do they keep it close? Simple. You do what I've been asking you to do. They won't. But that is go double tight end and try and run the football, both guys in the backfield, and show them stuff they haven't seen, right? And and try and hope and find somebody that can kind of take the top off of this defense on play action. And no shotgun, four wide outs, and think you have Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson at wide receiver anymore. Those days are done. Like that, to me, that's one thing they need to drill into Rodgers' head. Like, as soon as possible. Listen, we're not running McCarthy's offense anymore. I'm not running this spread crap. We're all done with that because this is not helping us for the most part. It's just not. We don't have enough talent. And on top of that, even if we do have enough talent, maybe these guys are going to be great talents in a couple of years. Maybe Romeo Dobbs is a Pro Bowl wide receiver. If Christian Watson ever gets healthy, maybe he is. But right now, even when they are healthy, the guys apparently aren't doing the right things anyhow for you. So just scrap that. Let's get tight in the formation and do a bunch of stuff off of that. Ground and pound. Keep their offense off the field to give our defense a rest. That's how you keep this game close. You come out four wide and try and chuck this thing all over the place. It's going to be one, two, three, punt, one, two, three, punt. This game is going to be done by halftime Sunday night, Ryan. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we do the podcast together now, Sparky. And this, this clip needs to make social media and it needs to go viral because I can't wait to give my prediction for this game. I wish, and I respect Dusty. I think he does a tremendous job. Love you. Love Zach Gelb. I wish you guys were making the lines in Las Vegas because give me Green Bay plus 20 and a half in this game. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Too many points. So I get why everybody loves the Buffalo Bills. They're great. That's the number one defense. Josh Allen's probably going to be the MVP, even yeah. though I think it could be Micah Parsons, man. I think this is the year of the defender. No question, yeah. But And look at the wins, too. They beat the Rams on opening night in blowout fashion. They beat Buffalo – or Buffalo. They beat uh, Baltimore. They beat the Chiefs. So those are three top teams that they've beat. And they beat teams by double digits. But if you look at these trends, right, and I know not everybody looks at the, the betting lines and whatnot, but Matt LaFleur, rarely ever an underdog since he's become head coach of the Packers, 10-4 and four against the spread. So Don't I do care. Think Don't care. Club. Matt right. LaFleur never lost back-to-back games either, Ryan. He's lost three in a row now. Also, offensively, all means nothing at this point. Offensively, everybody loves the Buffalo Bills. Again, Josh Allen, great. Stephon Diggs, great. Gabe Davis, I absolutely love. Uh, but here's the problem with the Buffalo Bills. There's not much that you could pick apart with them. The only thing I don't love about the Buffalo Bills and why I ultimately think the Kansas City Chiefs, if they meet again, win in the AFC title game or whenever they meet in the playoffs is because – they miss Brian Dable a little bit. Look how great Brian Dable has sure. been for the Giants. They have one yeah. loss right now. They're doing it with no wide receivers because he's a great play caller. The only thing I don't love about the Buffalo Bills, I like Ken Dorsey. I haven't fallen in love with him yet because if you look at it, they don't really like to run the football. Josh Allen's their leading rusher. They barely use Devin Singletary. I do like Zach Moss. And then they drafted uh, Cook as well in the third round. But – they don't run the ball, and so it's Josh Allen 
always on these third and long situations, becoming Superman, being a superhero. I want to say they've converted on a first down or a touchdown on like 66% of their third downs. I think the league average is like 48%. It's something ridiculous like that. And if you look at the Packers defense, I talked about this on the last podcast, they can't stop the run. They're 32nd in the league DVOA against the run. Bills aren't going to run the ball other than Josh Allen. One thing the Green Bay Packers can do is stop the pass. Ninth in DVOA entering week seven. Let's say we could force they. Sorry, this is a we. I'm a we guy. Uh, you can say we. It doesn't let's, bother me at let's all. Let's say fine. they could force Josh Allen into these third and eight, third and nine situations. I think they could have some success. Now, I don't expect them to be able to move the football. Unfortunately, Buffalo's number one against the run. They have no passing attack. Green Bay doesn't. We just talked about that. But I think if you could get off the field on these third downs, they could at least keep this game close. So I'm I'm not going Buffalo 55-10, anything like that. I think Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur is double-digit underdogs. I think they're going to be extra motivated. I think they're going to keep this game close, and I think they're going to keep it close by getting off the field on third and long, forcing Buffalo into those third and long situations. This is the one team that we're going to see here the next couple weeks that isn't going to kill us on the ground at least. I think my goal would be to force three punts. And I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. That, that's my goal, three punts. But but even if you force them to three punts, that still means they're going to be getting field goals in best-case scenarios and probably touchdowns. And then we go back to this offense being inept uh, and not being able to move the football outside of their first drive. You know, that's the other thing, too. His scripted first drives have been pretty good here uh, recently for Matt LaFleur. The yeah. other thing I don't understand – if you trust Aaron Rodgers enough to change play calls at the line of scrimmage and option out of whatever and go to the sidelines and your eyes bulge out of your head when he suggests a play and then you let him go run it anyhow uh, in, in a tight game at the end of a game scenario, Ryan, why wouldn't you just say, you know what? We're going to go no huddle the whole game. We're going to keep him on the field. We're going to run no huddle. When we're out there, it's going to be the K-Gun offense, Jim Kelly, Buffalo Bills, and you're going to run it, and we're not coming off the field. We're going to have one package. If we do come off, it's just going to be quick. Wide receiver sideline, new wide receiver comes in. You call the play, we keep going. That's something that I don't think Buffalo would be expecting and would cause Buffalo problems because they wouldn't be able to switch out their personnel. So they come out in a base personnel. Now you can exploit them because they can't get their dime defense on the field or whatever the case may be. That may be another way to get this offense going right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You got to switch some things up, you know, and you know who did that a couple weeks back. And now this is a bad example because they just replaced their quarterback, but the Colts did this a yeah. couple weeks ago with Matt Ryan. They did. Yeah. And they uh, actually won that game and the offense looked pretty damn good. So I completely agree with you. Switch some things up, man, because like you said, the scripted stuff has been pretty good. And a lot of these games, they're getting out to these early leads. Problem is the problem has been the second half. The problem for Matt LaFleur in his tenure as head coach of the Green Bay Packers has been once they go off script, everything completely falls apart, man. Yeah, when he has to make an adjustment, it's over. Right. Once he has to make an adjustment, he just can't do it. And we see no. that in the second half of these games. Also, you wonder how much of that falls on Aaron Rodgers, especially if he's changing the plays at the line of scrimmage. If it's a third and two and the play is a halfback draw to Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon and Rodgers instead wants to throw that little, you know, little out route, that falls on Rodgers, not so much the floor. But I agree. I think that that's what they should do. Just come out and just shock Buffalo with some right. no huddle. And the other and thing, too, is bring back the screen pass. Bring back the bootlegs. Get him moving out of the pocket right or left and let him get to, you know, getting out of that pocket and letting him throw. I think – I, I don't moved. know what his numbers are. I think his numbers are probably better out of the pocket than they are in the pocket. 
He even he said that in his presser. He's like, I probably could have moved out of the yeah. pocket, moved my legs a couple times. The only and the only thing, and I agree with the no huddle really quickly going back to that. That's the problem with this team, though. They play at a snail's pace. Everything they run, one second on the uh, on the play clock. You know what I mean? Yep. Like let's let's, let's play go. a little play a little up tempo, man. Nope. Especially with all these okay. young wide receivers. Hit hit Buffalo with something they haven't seen on tape. Totally agree. All right. Uh, the NFL trade deadline comes up on November 1st. Should the Packers be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline uh, coming up on November 1st? Uh, I'll start. Yeah. Sell. I'm out. I, I'm totally out on this. I, there's no way I'm buying. One wide receiver is not going to fix this. Let's say you get Jerry Judy or let's say you get Claypool or pick whoever you want them to get a tight end. Listen, a, a tight end may be different because they can run block and still help you. But any time it involves somebody running a route and making a sight adjustment, go back to Sammy Watkins' comments. Sammy Watkins didn't do anything wrong. Sammy Watkins fell on the sword for Rodgers. Sammy Watkins is like, thought my DB was going to fall off on who was it, Dobbs or whoever on the route. Yeah. And if he did, I thought Rodgers would pump fake to him and come back to me. And Rodgers didn't do that. So, my bad. But see, that's the type of thing, right? And then Rodgers is like, oh, we got to be on the same page. Oh, we got to be on the same page. Again, what have you done, 12, to go above and beyond to make sure you're on the same page? How much extra time and work have you put in? Everybody goes home. Are you out there with your wide receivers still working on stuff during the season? Were you out there in training camp putting in extra time with your wide receivers? I mean, that, and I don't know. Maybe he is, and maybe we don't know. But this isn't all just on them. He also has to make the added extra effort to get this right. So now I'm going to bring in Judy or Claypool or whoever. It's going to take them five or six weeks at least to figure out how to play with 12. They're out of it by that point. It's not going to matter. So if you trade for somebody, it's got to be somebody that's going to be here for a couple of years and under contract. Then fine. I'm good with that. If your reason is I want him for Jordan Love or whatever the case may be in two or three years, okay. A.J. Green, stop. Stop. I don't want senior citizens on this team. We don't need any more. We're fine. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I'd rather sell Dean Lowry, whoever. I mean, figure out whoever it is that you, that you want to move on from uh, and move on and go from there. I know Packer fans wouldn't like the whole selling concept or whatever, uh, but th- or sit on your hands and do nothing. That's probably the most likely scenario. The Packers will do nothing at the deadline. But for me, if I'm buying or selling, I got to pick one. I'm selling. Yeah, I feel like everybody's saying the same thing. A lot of people want this team to sell. See, I don't want them to sell. And I know what you're saying. And I agree that I don't know that one wide receiver comes in and fixes this no. offense. But we said the same thing with the Chiefs and their defense. And last year, you know, they make that midseason trade for Melvin Ingram. And he completely changed that defense. So I agree on Chase Claypool. I think it would probably take him some time with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I've always been a big Chase Claypool fan because I'm a Notre Dame fan. And if you look at this, like he's 6'4", 238 pounds, and he runs a 4'4". He's only 20. 24 years old, so he's still got a bright future. I think Jerry Judy, though, if you're able to make that deal, he steps right in with Rodgers and they don't miss a beat. Same thing with Brandon Cooks. I really like Brandon Cooks. Like Every year you think he's going to have this drop-off, and every year he's on a different team. And then you look at the numbers, man, and every single year he has over 100 grabs. The guy I really want, and I just don't think it's possible, would be DJ Moore, and I thought that was a possibility when it looked like it was going to be a fire sale in Carolina. But then they were offered multiple first-round picks for Brian Burns, their defensive end, and turn that down. So now what are they doing? You know, 
I think that's an organization, a franchise that ultimately wants to win. And if you look at that division, man, Tom Brady doesn't look good right now. Um, so I and, think it's and apparently, good. apparently they're filing for divorce. The divorce is happening I, to, uh, today. Apparently, yeah. I saw that man, which explains a lot. From- yeah. from last night. Yeah. And, and trading Christian McCaffrey made perfect sense. He's a 26 year old running back. So I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on DJ Moore. Also, you got to look at the salary, right? So he's on a contract right now worth over $50 million for three years, $19 million in 2023 is guaranteed. So that would probably have to be converted into a signing bonus. If the Packers were able to pull the trigger and make this trade and that cap hit would be around $600,000. So the guys I want that I think could step in, right away and maybe possibly get this team into a wild card spot because Minnesota's winning the division, unfortunately. DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, and DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks. Oh, yeah, and Jerry Judy. But I'm with you on Chase Claypool, and I'm a Chase Claypool fan. But if if that's the only move you're able to make, I just don't think he changes this offense whatsoever. But those other guys – I'd be all for, and I do want this team to buy at the deadline only because I don't want to give up and have a wasted season with a 38 year old quarterback. That's only probably going to be around for two years. Then I think a lot of people expect them just to bounce right back and be a 10, 11 win team because we've seen it before. That's not guaranteed with Jordan love or whoever takes over for Aaron Rodgers. Packers. We've been really spoiled and had really good luck. Two quarterbacks my whole lifetime. You know what I mean? So I would go all in for this season. If they're in the AFC, I agree with you, Sparky. If you have the chiefs, the Ravens, even the Chargers, obviously the Bills. I just pull the trigger and I sell because this team's not winning anything if you're in the AFC. But the NFC, like who scares you other than the Eagles right now, man? Maybe the Cowboys who we're going to see in a couple weeks. Tampa Bay's terrible. They're three and five and they're still leading that division. Seattle leads their division. We're talking about Geno Smith. So that's the only reason I do want this team to buy if possible. Geno Smith playing better than Aaron Rodgers. Playing better than every quarterback in the league, to be fair. He has the number one QBR. I, I, underst- I understand. Yeah, I understand. He's If he's not most improved uh, player, do, do they get – no, they, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Uh, all right, let's move on. Packers-Bills game predictions here. And uh, I told you some of the predictions uh, I've heard. I told you I think they lose by at least 20, uh, somewhere in that area. I didn't give an official score on Gilb's show, so I guess I'll give an official score now. Uh, 24-3. Uh, Bills over Packers, and more than likely they get more than 24. But uh, I'll say 24-3 Bills over Packers, and that makes it four in a row at that point. Uh, then there's going to be questions about the inside of that that locker room and it coming apart at that point. If your offense musters three points, um, and especially if your offense turns over the ball and gives them a quick seven somewhere along the line, that's really going to infuriate the defense even more than they are probably already dealing with. So for me, it's a 21-point victory. I guess it's a roll-out-your-helmets game for the Bills. Easiest way to put it. Bills are rolling out their helmets and saying, it's going to be an easy game. Green Bay's going to come here, wipe the floor with them, and uh, you know, let's go home and go to bed. Yeah. Uh, so this is a must- the other way. Go ahead. This is a, no, this is a must win. I picked against. I picked against Green Bay the last three weeks. I've been, been right against the Jets, man. I think this is a must win game though for them because you could look at the schedule and you could say, all right, well at least you get Detroit next week if you do start three and five. Here's the problem: you're on the road in Detroit. Have you watched them run the football this season? Imagine if they get Swift back, Jamal Williams. I mean, they have one of the top rushing attacks in the NFL. They might run all over the Packers. Then look at who you get after that. It's the return of the Mac, Mike McCarthy. Man, I thought that would be a boat race before we started the season. The Cowboys, that roster looked Oh, it could be a boat race. It could be a boat race. (laughs) Yes. So 
With the season on the line, backs against the wall, Aaron Rodgers calling out his teammates. No Alan Lazard. I'm picking the Green Bay Packers to pull off the upset. 24-21 in overtime. Mason Crosby, a game-deciding field goal after Josh Allen gets picked off by Jair Alexander, who has a bounce-back game after getting absolutely torched by Terry McLaurin. Aaron Rodgers, three touchdown passes, two to Aaron Jones, one to Robert Tunyon. Packers shocked the world. They forced Josh Allen into a bunch of third-and-long situations. Rashawn Gary ends up playing, and the Packers finish the game with four sacks. Buffalo turns the ball over two times. Aaron Rodgers plays a clean game. We all breathe. We all rejoice, and the world is shocked, and Vegas loses a tremendous amount of money because everybody's going to have Buffalo in their parlays and their teasers. If it's that easy, then Buffalo is just going to roll, and everybody here listening to the podcast, put your money where your mouth is. The Bills are 12-point favorites. Go bet it. I'll be on the other side. Go Pack Go. Like I told Winkler the other day. Go Pack Go, Sparky. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think there's much logic behind this, but I think there's a lot of hope and a lot of fandom on please let this happen because I don't want to watch the rest of the year if they lose this one. And to be honest with you, if they lose this one, it's going to be hard to argue about them possibly losing against Detroit. I mean, like you said with a rushing attack, I mean, you, you literally as a Packer fan can't look at anybody on the schedule and go, oh, they'll win that one. You can't do it against anybody. And here's the one thing I'll say. You lose this game, you lose to Detroit. Forget everything I said about being buyers of the deadline. (laughs) At that point, man, see what you have in Jordan Love and tank for C.J. Stroud or Hendon Hooker or Bryce Young. And you know how much I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm all for that. And that's nothing against Jordan Love. But by the time Jordan Love's able to take his first snap as the starting quarterback, he's going to be 26, 27 years old. There's no chance they will ever bench Aaron Rodgers. Right. Zero. So if you start, I mean – you got to look at it like, hey, we might be one of the worst teams in football because yes. look who we're competing against. I mean, the Texans might win this weekend. They're only two-point underdogs. I find that line to be a little fishy. If you're a three-win football team with Detroit and Dallas, they still have to go to Philadelphia. See, I will be picking the Eagles. The Eagles are going to run for 500 yards against Green Bay. They need this game against Buffalo. It's not looking good on paper, but no I do think they have an outside shot if they can muster anything on offense, which doesn't look good. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. All right, Kurd and long Mondays Wednesdays Fridays download it whether it be on your Spotify app whether it be on your Odyssey app whether it be on your Apple whatever the case may be go download it Monday Wednesdays and Fridays is when we record and normally we put up the full episode uh, that night we are eventually going to be live streaming we are eventually going to be taking calls I'm working through that other stuff uh, trying to get this all taken care of so as we get to that point uh, we'll definitely let you know we'll put out some Twitter links or whatever the case may be so you guys can link in and, and watch the show live maybe next week at some point we'll get to doing that thanks so much for listening another edition of curtain long enjoy trick-or-treating and halloween have a good one <laughs>